Hello and welcome to the second installment of the Global Challenges podcast hosted by the Leap Institute of Textiles and Color, our LEETAC, which we have shortened it to. We have created this podcast series to shine a light on some of the research that is happening at LEETAC around the themes of color, fashion, and textile research. This is not an academic podcast. We are hoping to provide insights into the environmental challenges, future concepts, and topical discussion in an informative way. In this podcast, we'll be focusing on the issue of microfibers, our fragmented fibers, and the solutions to tackle this environmental challenge. We will start with the introductions. So I'll first introduce myself. I am Muhammad Tawseef. I am an associate professor in sustainable textile manufacturing at the School of Design, University of Leeds and I actively research in the field of fragmented fiber pollution, understanding it and working on ways how we can mitigate this challenge. So I'll invite Jamie next. Hi, my name is Jamie Hunt. I'm the founder of the brand Prezio. We aim to be the world's leading researcher in brand and sustainable performance sportswear. I'm a former pro athlete and I recently just sold my Last business, Two Times You, which was a multinational sporting company. Hello, my name is Alma Palacios, and I'm a third-year postgraduate researcher at the University of Leeds. I'm investigating the impact of textile materials and textile structures on the release of fragmented fibers and textile microplastics during laundry. Hey, my name is Paul Thurvin. I lead the science team in Ferret Technology, which is a green tech company with a climate first attitude. And we lightened out our technology with infiltration, care, and finish. So before we get into the discussion, because we hear these terms, microplastics, microfibers, fragmented fibers. So just to clarify, so fragmented fibers is our preferred term academically because that represents what we're dealing with here, because microfiber has traditionally been used in the industry to define a certain fineness of, of a filament. So we prefer to use the term fragmented fibers. And the term microplastics itself, because that only focuses on the synthetics out on the plastic side of it, whereas a big proportion of textile materials come from non-plastic sources. So that's why we use the term fragmented fibers. But the term microplastics, microfiber, these are, are similar if you're using them interchangeably during this podcast. So I'll make a start with Alma. So Alma, you recently published a comprehensive review on the subject of fragmented fibers. Can you please provide a brief summary of the key findings of your review? Well, as you mentioned, fragmented fibers are basically fibers or pieces of fibers that are fractured from the surface of the textile materials, and they are detached into the environment. Now, these fibers get damaged due to the stresses that are applied to the textiles during their life cycle. And this includes the production process, the abrasion during wearing, uh, domestic laundering, and finally, fragmentation and degradation after the disposal. So fiber shedding, as you mentioned, can occur uh, from any of the textile materials. So that means that any kind of textile material can release uh, fragmented fibers and is not uh, limited to synthetic uh, textiles. 
the fact that fragmented fibers are being released in a non-intentional way means that this release cannot be stopped by regulatory norms, as is the case in another kind of microplastics. So these can come as a threat to the environment and, and the human health. Fragmented fibers have been detected in the ecosystem, and they are ubiquitous pollutants that have been found in the atmospheric air, in water bodies such as lakes, the sea, and the industrial effluents. Now, they have also been found in sediments and soil and living organisms and even in different items of human consumption, such as food, water, and beer, salt, etc. And I think that is quite obvious when we think of synthetic textiles that are microplastics that are identified as a major source of microplastic pollution. But I think we consider them as, as pollutants because they have long-lasting nature that is the same as happens with plastic. But it's important to consider that other kind of materials, including natural and regenerated fibers, should be considered as pollutants as well, since they all are carriers or hazardous chemicals that can endanger the environment. So when textiles are manufactured, they are treated with additives and chemicals during their productions that can be hazardous and dangerous for the environment and the human health after they have been in contact with living organisms. So this is a very active and recent research field. And the review that we talk about is focused on understanding the fragmented fibers and study the generation, release, and collection and characterization of fragmented fibers. We offer summary and a critical analysis of the methods that are currently used by different authors, published authors, to basically generate, collect, measure, and characterize these fragmented fibers from textile laundry and the effluent. And also we consider and we summarize the key parameters of the textiles, structures, and materials, and the washing equipment and conditions and the filtration procedures in the textile fragmented fibers shedding and, and collection. Paul, would you like to add something to that? Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that from you, Alma, because we very early on in the company made the decision that we actually have to capture all fragmented microfibers coming out in the, in the washing machine. It is not only a matter of the synthetic microfibers, it is also a matter of all the naturally but chemically modified fibers that we need to prevent from going out into the environment. I'm very happy to hear this. I think it's very clear that it's all fiber types which are a concern here because whether natural or synthetic regenerated, they can still be carriers of all those chemistries you add on to the materials. And secondly, microfibers, fragmented fibers are released in all different routes. So it's not only the wet route, wash it. there's the dry route as well where they're released as well. And ultimately, the dispersal routes, how do they make their way onto the land, into the water, into the aquatic life? These are the questions 
which we need answers to. And there is some great research going out there. But I think our key focus for this podcast is looking more on the solution side. So how can we capture or stop the release of these fragmented fibers? My next question is to you, Jamie. So why it is important for the industry to tackle the challenge of fragmented fibers? I mean, particularly in the in a sector that I'm in, and that and that sportswear, activewear, clothing, obviously, we have to use synthetic fabrics to maximise the benefit um, of performance due to the the wickability and so forth too. And and ultimately, I mean, we're probably one of the worst industries, you know, when it comes to microfiber fragmented fiber release. But but ultimately too, I think over the years, as we have developed synthetic fibers, the cost has come down dramatically. So unfortunately now all through the fashion industry, we see the use of, of, of polyesters and synthetic fibers at the expense of cottons and natural fibers, which in the scheme of things would be better when it comes to this. But the problem we have right now, I think it's probably the same through all industries right now, is just a lack of education. Um, I think of people out there generally knew the effect of what was going on in this space. And even when it comes down to sporting goods that I'm currently involved in, they have absolutely no idea that this is going on. And they've actually had no idea what different fabric types are releasing more and more microfibers than others. Um, and, and, and that's a common cause we have through the whole industry with greenwashing and so forth, where all we seem to be hearing is how many companies are using recycled fibers. And this is not really addressing what, what we're probably all in, the, all, in the, all in this podcast agree is that the microfiber shedding probably is the number one issue we have right now um, actually out there. So I think, you know, it's a major issue, not just obviously in waterways, airborne, um, as well as, as a new thing we have to consider. We don't know the effects of airborne microfibers, fermented fibers right now too. And obviously we need to be doing research on that. But on a whole, I mean, I think the industry does not know that we are consuming up to 20 grams a month of microfibers. I mean, people just don't realize this. And I think it's the education of the industry, of the consumer. Obviously, industry first has to go to the the government level um, as a collective and address this. I am actually involved in a few groups in the US that are going to Congress and, and taking this matter on full force. But I think every nation has to understand the situation, particularly the government level, but industry needs to get together Unfortunately, industry doesn't have the answers. And I think that's where we have right now. There is no really alternative right now to using synthetic fibers in sportswear. So how can we mitigate this? You know, what, what are the best choices to actually do? And obviously going forward, what other new types of bio-based fibers we can introduce in the future? I think this is the right time to just ref, uh, reflecting on that, Jamie, because I totally agree with you that the scale of the problem we know, but the fundamental understanding is where we are lacking, I think. And just to mention that we are doing PSRC, Engineering and Physical Sciences Research Council by UKRI funded project at the University of Leeds. We are collaborating with industrial partners and with academic institutions. We are trying to find out the three key aims there. We want to understand why this is happening. What are the reasons? And then we are looking at modeling damage. So how does that damage happen and how does that release happens? And we're working with tribologists and with engineers on that. And thirdly, we want to create solutions. We want to find solutions, how to tackle this challenge. We want to find solutions which are scalable and which are industry relevant and which can be introduced within the existing complex supply chains 
within the textile industry. But the strength at Leeds, what we have is that we have these small scale manufacturing facilities. So we can make our own materials, we can test materials. And so we have very much control on different fiber type, different structures, and then we can produce scientifically robust data. And then we have industrial partners who give us the industrial samples as GME has recently worked together with us on a project. And then we work with those samples to kind of prove that whatever we're getting in the lab is happening in the real world as such as well. So my next question is for you, Paul. So what solutions do already exist to tackle the release of fragmented fibers from textiles? As a, as a company, we, we actually have two technologies that reduce the fragmentation of microfibers. The first one is our care technology. And this is based on that we're using polymer spheres inside the washing machine. And what we've seen there is that over 15 washes of a garment, we actually see a reduced release of 35% of the microfiber during the wash. And our second technology that we have is then our X-filter, where we have both a domestic and a commercial version that is then capturing the release the fibers from the wash. If we're looking more globally, not only on our company, there are quite a lot of, of different capturing technologies out there. There are a lot of filtration devices that are out there that are helping to capture. And there are even some machines out in the field today, washing machines out in the field today that have a capturing device in them. What is of course needed is that there are more, more of these devices out there. And also that, that it goes even one step further, that also goes out into the fiber manufacturing industries and goes out to the textile mill where they then have to install the filtration devices to start to reduce this problem that we're having. I think it's really interesting because we, it is a big problem as we know, if we look at the scale of it, because normally most fibers are about five times on average thinner than a human hair. So these are the building blocks of what we are wearing. So when these fibers are breaking down and making these fragmented fibers, so it's not an easy task to, to capture them. And it's a big problem. So I think capturing is definitely one side of it. And, but I think if we try to address it at source, if we can engineer and design new textiles, we stop it at source. I think that is very interesting. And that is what was mentioned earlier, is a focus of the project as well. And I'm aware there are chemical finishing route, there is research out there. So it is an active area of research, but ultimately the solution needs to be pragmatic, which can fit in within our existing industry standards. There's no single solution. There's no silver bullet to address this challenge. I think that's what I gathered from our panel's discussion. And moving on back to you, Alma. So what are your thoughts on the impact of different material, textile parameter structures on the release of fragmented fibers? Well, as mentioned before, this is a recent research field. So this also means that there are no standardized met methodologies to study the release of fragmented fibers. And these make a difficult comparisons of their results among published authors. However, uh, there are some points that have been agreed after the results, considering the materials and the textile parameters. 
in, in fragmented fiber settings. So first is that definitely the textile materials have noticeable difference in the release of fragmented fibers. As several studies have found the cotton fibers to release significantly more fragmented fibers than synthetic, such as polyester. And this is owing to the physical chemical properties of the fiber materials. And that includes also the fiber breaking strength and the wettability and the fiber dynamics they have when they are in contact with the detergent solutions. So definitely the material will have an important role in the release of fragmented fibers. And now regarding other kind of textile parameters, they will also have an effect because, well, in textiles, we have two different fiber forms that are the filaments and the staple fibers. So filaments are these fibers made of endless length, while the staples are short or discrete fibers that must be twisted together to, to form a yarn. So when we compare one against the other, we will find that the staple yarns will have definitely a larger number of fiber ends throughout the yarn. So we will have higher possibility that these ends, these loose ends, will get fractured during wear or laundering and will be converted into fragmented fiber. So that is one of the reasons why also the and the textile structures or the yarn structure will have an effect on the on the fragmented fiber shedding. And I think that currently there is a lot of ongoing investigation regarding the impact of the yarn twist and the textile structures in the fragmented fiber shedding. And most of the results indicate that a tighter structure will decrease the release of fragmented fiber. Right, because they are, well, they are tied together, but these studies are not yet definitive. As you mentioned, we do have the opportunity to create our own textiles with certain characteristics and parameters that then we can study. And then we can consider some important influence such as the interfiber friction or the inter-yarn spaces and the fiber compactness within the yarn and the fabric that will definitely alter the fragmented fiber shedding and will have a change, especially for those fibers that are positioned on the textile surface and will be in the direct contact with the stresses from wear, and tear, and the degradation and, and the laundering. If I understand correctly, so all different types of fibers, all structures, there is an impact as well. And some of the myths about structures being less or more, they are not scientifically sound. So we need more data to prove that. And I'm aware some of the research, which already comes from our research group, that we have studied filament structures, staple structures, different yarn types or fabric types, and how does it impact? So Jimmy, coming back to you, as a brand and retailer, what are the key questions on the topic of fragmented fibers that you think need to be answered? I think Alma, you know, covered it very well and, and a lot of what you said, we've also identified ourselves, obviously, based around fiber types, whether they're staple fibers, filament fibers, whether, whether they be twisted, or whether the hairiness is high for various reasons. I think that is probably the number one thing as an industry we don't really know. And even 
we thought we knew a year ago and then obviously we've done some new research and we've almost been contradicted on some things and we just don't really know Not even between first wash and second wash and third wash obviously we do see that any fibers that are peached or brushed we see a massive release as you would expect on the very first wash but then it settles down dramatically so it's and a lot of these things we're still as an industry we just don't know and i think the other part to it right now and i, I know the cost is extremely high but there's no real cost effective way to actually test the fabrics that that you have i know, I know there's, there's companies that do it out there but the cost for most smaller brands is just inhibitive to test all their fabrics so to try and find a way that we can lower the cost of the testing of fabrics would would be a massive indicator i know my my own brand i would definitely test a lot more of our fabrics if we had the ability to do it at a lower cost Obviously, the big companies can do it, but even then, it, it still costs a it still costs a lot. So, I think lowering the cost of it's very important. Understanding in the industry what is worse than others. So, again, the, is the academics out there have to go out and let us know, you know, what is identifying things. You know, is solution dyeing going to affect it versus batch dyeing, recycled versus virgin yarns? We're looking at all these things, understanding more about the twisting of the yarns and trying to reduce it. And, and even as a company, we do actually make a stand. If we are doing any kind of staple fibers, any kind of peached or brushed fibers, we only do them with certified biodegradable yarns. It obviously, it isn't a fix, but it is the next best thing until we have a solution which is better. We are definitely going down the line of, we have to have synthetic yarns. The customers in America, for example, they love the cotton hand feel touch of what peach filament yarns are or staple fibers are versus a, a, a traditional filament fiber. So we have to, as a brand, we have to make those products, you know, as part of our brand. But if we do do it, the best way right now is to use certified biodegradable yarns, which are tested both in marine, sludge, landfills, etc. So that's what we're doing right now. But I think going back to the original question is, as an industry, we need to be told, you know, we do know things like fleece, fleece products, are the worst, we know that, hence why our company, we don't do any fleece products. It's just identifying, letting us know as an industry, and then even some kind of classification would be fantastic for us to be able to um, tell our customers, because our customers do really care. I, I would say right now in the sustainability game, and I know it's a very dirty word, sustainability in some ways nowadays, but you know, the microfiber shedding as a business, is our business at Prezio, we would say right now it is probably one of the two major things that we're looking at. And the consumers, people just don't realize the fact that with the breakdown of the oceans, an example, at one in 200 years plus of microfibers, we're adding to it. It's not as though it goes away and comes back. I mean, it's horrible to feel that in 50 years' time, what we're wearing today is still going to be in the ocean and, and, and our kids' kids' kids, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. So this is an epidemic. Um, and we know it, you know, biodegradable yarn is a solution for now. Obviously, what you guys are talking about, otherwise, catching it at source, fantastic. You know, if peach fabrics or staple emit a lot of microfibers in their first wash, let's wash them in a process that we can capture all those. So, you know, education, always government policy. But again, look, it's a long road this is, but we need the academics help on this. Yeah. yeah. Thing you do. I, I fully agree, I think, because what Alma said and you said, and Paul mentioned earlier as well, 
because the complexity, fiber type, structures, finishes, is such a complex supply chain and all brands have their own products. So it's not possible to test every time and find every time. We need to build a more systematic understanding. Look, these structures, these materials, what is the likelihood of the release? And we need a lot of different solutions. There's no single solution to all of this. So thank you much for that, Jamie. So I'll, I'll come back to you, Paul. So how do you envisage the development of this area in the next, uh, in the short to medium term? In the, in the short term for me, we need to install filtration devices in all relevant locations. We also need to stop spreading out the sewage sludge on the agricultural fields because here, at least in the Western world where we have proper wastewater treatment and we actually do capture over 90% of the microfibers in the sewage sludge to then just spread it out on the agricultural fields. Yes brings it back into the environment. When it comes to the long term uh, or medium term, I would say, I mean, we need development in the textile industry. We need to, to find either different material, like Jamie was saying about the biodegradable material that can be used and to be able to get new material, the new way of the weaving it or, or spinning it or, or whatever to, to make sure that they release less. This will, of course, have two benefits. One benefit will, will be the release in the washing machine, but also what you release when you're walking around wearing the, the garment, which means, you know, airborne microfibers is going to be the, the next problem that we have to tackle. And if we then can do something with the garments directly, that will actually help both. And I know that you guys are working on that, and I'm very happy about, <laughs> about that you're doing it and that you're looking into it and, uh, and that's the, you know, it will, it will help to save the world. Definitely. I think we are doing research and we're working with industry and we'll make progress. And hopefully in a future episode of this podcast, we will update you further on what we have achieved since we have last spoken. And we'll also share some links for you to see some of our latest research. Thank you for all the participants for participating in this podcast and to those who are listening, please do not forget to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast so you do not miss an episode.